Welcome to episode 750 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode 750 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James. How are you going, mate? I'm pretty good, thank you. <laughs> we can't talk about what John was just John was just sharing some very intimate details with me. Can't really go with it on the show, but we're having a good laugh before the show with John. Got to come on an epic camp and I'll, I'll tell you the story. Okay, just... there you go. There you go. Sign up to an epic <laughs> camp and you'll hear about John's funny story. Um, John, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Our fantastic patrons. We've got David Hutchins, uh, the great greyhound. Ken, rocking the free world young. And we've got Glenn... Slamming new bold, and this week's show we've got quick news, not much news, but a little bit of news. Uh, we've got hot topic of the week, got an interview. We have. We last week we talked with Matt Hansen, who had an outstanding race yep. at the Daytona um, Challenge Championship a couple of weeks ago, and had the fastest runs of the day, and was just booking it. Outran all the ITU fellas. it. Very, very impressive. Could say now, one of the cool sayings the kids say now is that it slaps. Really? How yeah. My um, kids can't be up with the play. Well, I don't know how cool it is, but I've heard people say it. So you could say he slapped it. Right. Oh, but then that's taken the wrong context, isn't it? Yeah. i tell you what, it was a breakthrough performance for him, wasn't it? Uh, he's had some amazing run performances. But that, that, that is. Yeah, yeah. That is like next level. But hey, we're going to talk to him about that later on in the show. Wing of the week, questions and answers. So we are getting to the short time of the year, team, because not much is happening in the sport. But we have got one thing. PTO is supported. Rotorua suffer. Yeah, so we have a half Ironman. It used to be called the Rotorua Half. Rotorua half. It sort of rebranded itself a little bit, called the Rotorua Suffer. Um, and yeah, it was the first Kiwi-supported PTO race. So I think it was fifteen grand. I think it, I think it was fifteen grand New Zealand up for up for offer. And I just, just a question before we go into results. It was a half Ironman years ago, wasn't it? Yes, and it still is a half Ironman. And then it went to seventy point three. No, no, you're thinking about Taupo. So it's never been as... No, but it's always been on about the same weekend. So it's a really cool part of the country if you're coming to New Zealand. And aside from the pro race, what they did this year, and I'm not sure if it's the first year they've done it, but the reason they called it the Suffer, they actually had two half Ironmans back to back. So on oh. two different on Saturday, Sunday, and I think so it was you could Sunday, do both. Friday. Yeah. So we had some bunch of our Epic campers who did the length of the South Island. They did it, and they said Epic Camp was like. The Perfect. best preparation yeah, for it because yeah. you get up on the second day and you go, oh, geez, I'm a bit rough, but hey, I did that for 10 days. Now, do you know how many people did both days? Uh, we could probably extrapolate that from these results in a moment. Okay. Uh, we can have a look, but yeah, the Epic Campers just uh, drilled it. But in terms of the pro race, uh, it was, you know, it's not a domination, but it's a bloody good effort by Kyle Smith, who's a young fella. So tell he, me about him because I've never heard that name. Well, he won the Taupo 70.3... Uh, one oh, one of them yeah. anyway whether it was back in March or the one uh, at the start of last summer in good fashion he's a uh, you know he's he's not a ha- certainly not a household name in New Zealand but he finished I think he finished about 13th or something like that at the ITU Worlds last year in the under 23s so really really to do that you're pretty good um, but to do this against this caliber of field by winning by three minutes over Braden Curry and then another five minutes back to Mike Phillips who just pipped out Terenzo Bozzoni and Jack Moody in fifth. That's a really solid field. You know, Braden, Mike and Terenzo are three world-class athletes and Kyle Smith um, smoked them. He ran 115. 
And I'm, I'm pretty sure the course up there is uh, pretty lumpy. So, Well, Braden, who's a stellar runner, on a Braden ran 114 mm-hmm. and a half. So really impressive performance by Kyle Smith. So keep uh, his name on your radar. for You wouldn't have picked him, but would have you? You, you would have given on his, his Taupo semi point three. You'd say he's one of the guys in the mix, but I probably wouldn't pick him to win by three minutes. Um, but the, the, this, you don't know what sort of shape at the moment. Braden and Mike Phillips, and it's great to see Terenzo. I haven't heard boo from him. He hasn't done anything for quite some time. Uh, it's just good to see all the fellas rocking up and racing. Cam, Cam Brown was out there. He's actually been laying down some awesome training. Uh, follow him if you follow him on Facebook. He puts up some of his sessions, and they're pretty bloody tough. Uh, we still he, pulled off one eighteen. Yeah, but he had a bit of a rough day. He only finished in seventh place. Uh, really good race on the female side as well. Um, close racing between Hannah Wells and Teresa Adam, our two top females. Only uh, a minute in it. It looked like Hannah Wells uh, just pulled away a little bit on the run. So that's pretty impressive because Teresa Adam has been, yeah, she's been winning the um, Z Pro Tri Series races uh, and is a just generally a weapon but maybe she's in sort of earlier preparation now for Ironman New Zealand. So one other piece of news is that the the Ironman have released a bit of PR saying congratulations to the first ever Ironman VR legends. 97 amazing athletes who completed every Ironman VR on the Ironman Virtual Club this year, 34 events. So just under 100 people actually did all 34 events, which is a bloody good effort. We've got to remember one of those 34 was to do a full distance. So that is impressive. I know, it's, you know for a lot of them it's just be a, be a weekend training session. It's not that they race thirty four times in a row. Um, so it's a big commitment. To do that, yeah, it's a big commitment. There's quite a f- there was a number of half Ironmans in there. So yeah. sort of half Ironman in training. Um, now, granted, with a lot of them, again, I'm not trying to nitpick, but you could spread it over the weekend. So it is like doing a ninety k bike ride on Saturday, half marathon on Sunday. But hey, they did it, and it's bloody impressive. You've got to be committed to do it. So good work. Yeah, yep. I'm just kind of curious on the whole numbers. I, I, I think overall the numbers are pretty small in comparison to the number of participants in Ironman racing around the world. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, all 12 Ironman full distance races happening in the United States and Canada for 2021 are already sold out. So that's a good and a bad thing, isn't it? It's an interesting thing. sitting there and you want to do want to Ironman. It's like, sorry, we're full for next year because everybody's rolled over from this oh, year. Oh, of course. Uh, so there's no slot. And, and what minimal slots were left have been you know, eaten up pretty quickly. So a bit of a shitter if you just want to give the sport a go. There's lots of 70.3s and there are some independent branded uh, Iron Distance races. Not that many, but good for Ironman to be fully booked up. Good for you guys. Hopefully, some optimism that racing is going to happen, and you're going to have some nice big full fields, which is again. Well, is it going to happen? At what point do we go? We can guarantee race is going to happen. I'm not going to speculate on that. <laughs> who would know? Uh, yeah, who would know? Like do you, you know, like you, you and I won't be going to Kona next year, will we? Highly unlikely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like Kona's happening though. I've said it. I've said it again. Kona's yeah. happening. Yeah. Well, Daytona happened. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but will Kona happen in the level of age groupers? It might just be American age groupers. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. It's going to be more American-centric racing. Yeah, but, but if it happens, we'll be loving it. Okay, Slow Twitch have um, a piece about Dave Orlowski has, has passed away now. John, I don't know much about this. I man. know very little about him as well. I have seen the name around once or twice, so I just thought we'd bring it up. You know, um, He had an influence on our sport. He was third in the first ever Hawaii oh, Ironman wow. in 1978, did time 13.59.13. Oh, look at the bike. Yeah. And look, remember then, the big cables everywhere? Yeah. 
it sounded like then he, you know, he wasn't really involved in the sport for a long time, and then uh, got back into it and uh, was was quite active. So a lot of people knew of him. Uh, so yeah, he passed away, and uh, it was with a battle with leukemia, unfortunately. So the thing I love about those those pioneers of our sport, this was this was new. Mm. The idea of doing a marathon in those days was seen as mad people. Absolutely. You know, like nowadays there's so many aspects of endurance sport and, and it's pretty accessible for, you know, from half marathons right through to your ultras and your Ironman and stuff like that. It's, you know, everyone kind of knows what this is. That first day, hey, I've got this crazy idea. And how many nutters turned up and did it? 20? It was, I think it was a little bit more than that, but yeah, in that sort of ballpark. It's just, back then it was just a challenge of like, Doing just, it. Yeah, and I remember, the, and Mike Plant's another one who's passed away, but one of the greatest interviews we did on Legends of Triathlon was with Mike Plant, who, tell us about Mike Plant, John. He was one of the sort of early pioneers in terms of the media of our sport, yeah, you know, running magazines, magazines photography, etc. and stuff like that. And one of the things he said, and I, and I don't like the old person kind of looking back and going, I time was better, and he wasn't really doing that. Hmm. Um, but I... But I, I, he kind of said, the one thing the sport has lost is that sense of adventure. Mm. You know, and these guys, and was there any females did the first one? I'm going to say no. I don't think okay. so. Could be wrong. But, but the, well, the first group of people who did the first, even the first couple of years, they didn't know what they're doing. It was just like, hey, let's do this crazy adventure. Just awesome, eh? Very, very And look cool. what it's led to. Yeah. Jeepers, creepers, John. Okay, John, let's talk about this week's discussion. So best present under $200. I was saying, can you get anything? But John's... And some of the listeners have come up with something. Um, right, I'm just going to pull it up now. So my, was, just, that's what went to you. <laughs> Pass it over to me. Pass it over. Well, I'm Lincoln. Christchurch weather report today is it's pretty miserable out there. Good for the lawns, but good for the lawns. Good, loving good it. Wet day yesterday. Uh, I've been repatching my lawn because I had some. Um, you got your aerator out. No, I got no because what happened was some birds have been bringing ryegrass into my lawn because oh, uh, they've you know, birds. Yeah, and so I had these big patches of grass that would grow really quickly. So I dug it out. Yeah, and then I repatched and put you know seed on and and put the little stuff over it so birds don't eat the seeds. Been watering yeah. it. And yesterday I tested John. It's pretty cool. Very good. It is pretty cool when you see the big sprouts of grass coming up. Yeah. Did they get you enough time? Yep, I'm really rambling. Good work, uh, Lynette. Intani, butt butter. Don't tell my husband as it's a great stocking filler. I'm not even going to go there, John. Uh, Steve Diodonis has got short run shorts. They all stink like shit. <laughs> as much as I want to hold on to the PRP Arden, I have to let them go, but I don't want to let them go. David Roberts, new water bottles, because I guarantee yours are way more disgusting than you think. And I think water bottles is one thing, but giving present of a really good quality water bottle, because lots of people have got shitty ones, but... If most people are tight ass like Bevan and I, you go get a drink bottle, you get a sort of standard one. Yep. But the new ones, all like the insulated ones, are good, good quality bottles. I was on Reddit yesterday and someone would have life pro tips or something as one of the kind of forums in, in Reddit. And someone was saying for Secret Santas, if you've got a $20 gift, don't buy something shitty. Actually, just buy like a really nice coffee. Hmm. You know, buy like a high quality one thing that is okay. really cool. Uh, so Mark Dixon, he's a man of my heart because he's got a Shakti mat, which I recently bought. And uh, i got to say, John, I meditate on it um, every day at lunchtime. And i got to say, I definitely go to a deeper state when I meditate. Mm. So there you go. Uh, Mark's um, got here the best recovery tool I've ever had. Nice. Yep. Lynette 
Ntani again, she's she's uh, going hot here. A name slash country flag sticker for your bike. Man, that that a is a cool idea, isn't it? Yep. I've never done it, but people when I had seen other people with it, mm-hmm. I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And it makes it look like you've represented your country too, doesn't it? Even though maybe you haven't. Uh, Judd Baker has got race entry to Enduro. Can someone tell my wife? Uh Brian Lafleur, I think, has got a really good one here. A form goggles, so just come in on your budget here. It was two hundred dollars. I'm pretty sure they're two hundred US. Purchase on sale or with a coupon code that'll get you under the two hundred. Uh, a year of Zwift or Trainer Road. Uh, a Theragun Mini. I guess that's one of those sort I've got of, one of those. Uh, massage. But, do you want to use it? Uh, no, it's okay. But I, I agree. The form goggles would make a great present because again, a lot. Of, it's one of those ones. A lot of people Wouldn't won't go and buy, yeah. but they'll get them. And they'll go. That's pretty cool. It's pretty much you to a T, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> because you hooked up up here. Terry, uh, what is it, Dirty Rascal? Yep. He's got the Iron Talk patronage. This guy's a legend. I think he's doing a little secret, actually. Do a little secret, yep. Uh, what else? Christine got? McKinley's got race entry to Oxman and City of Sky, another greaser. Great work, Chrissy. Greaser. Tom Ward, 21 pairs of Greepers laces, which say the ultimate... No tie laces, optimal performance from your footwear with no hassle from just four pounds ninety five. There you go. We'll go Lucy front to um, a voucher from the Rougher Cycling so that you can indulge in some cycle retail therapy. Hoping my husband reads this post. Bevan, you're probably not that familiar with Rougher Cycling gear, and some other people won't be. I kind of it's like it. the really top top top. You pay a, a stupid amount of money for a logo. It's a nice looking gear. Tell you what I was watching on Saturday, Bevan, was around at my in-laws' place, watching a bit of America's Cup. Oh, I'm loving the America's Cup, John. America's Are Cup. you loving it? Well, that's the only time I've watched it, really. Did you watch the race that was really close? Yes, that was the one we were watching. It's pretty exciting. And we're watching it, and the father-in-law says, what the hell's that brand there? Because we were talking about the different sponsors. America's Cup, for people outside of the world, is like rich man's paradise. But us Kiwis are suckers for it. Yeah, and it's uh, yacht racing, and these yachts are just... Unbelievable. Catamarans are just incredible. They're not catamarans. Not catamarans. They're, they're foiling, foiling boats. They're foiling monosails. Mono, yeah, mono, monosails? It's crazy. I don't know what they're called. But we were looking through the sponsors, and then one of them was... Uh, it was wasn't Pirelli. Pirelli's the tyres. Anyway, it was a watch company. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was one that I really wasn't familiar with. So I said, he said, what's that? And I said, I Googled it. I said, oh, it's a watch company. And I said, looking through it, and I said, how much do you think of, of watches? <laughs> On their website, what do you think their top watch is uh, in terms of price? Top watch? Yeah. I'm going to say 150K. No, not quite that much. Oh. You were right up there. Oh, because uh, you, you, you talked it high. What is it? Uh, the top one was $68,000 yeah. New Zealand, so probably 50000 US. Yeah. What schmuck pays <laughs> that for a watch? Yeah, but I don't John, care how much money you've got. No, because John, I remember one time, years ago, I probably talked about this on the show, I was in America doing some work for Liz Mills and I was kind of just, I spent a few months in America so I was flying a lot into the States and one day I sat on a plane with the guy who owned Century 21 in California. Mm-hmm. God knows, there was no business class so I was just on the same flight as him and I sat next to this guy and Century 21 is a pretty big brand in New Zealand it's not, but in, mm-hmm. and in California. And, and I asked him, I said, what are you worth, mate? Because he was pretty upfront. And it was like hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. It might have been a billion. I can't remember what it was. When you're worth that much, that's 60K. I get that. I totally understand that. I would hope if I ever, <laughs> ever got to that position, I'd, uh, I'd be able to just give my money away and be frugal. Well, I'm sure I probably wouldn't, but uh, I just, I, it's I get just it. a I, waste I, of money. You and I are like that because we're never going to spend... I would on a nice piano. You're never going to spend stupid money on, on just yeah. stuff like that. But 
just yeah. blows my mind that, that somebody does blow will pay $50,000 for a watch when you can go down to Kmart and what, get one for the, what's, what's the most thing you've ever spent money on other than like a house or a car <sighs> I, I don't know but you, you, what about you Bevan no, I really don't. I, I guess I'm thinking, trying to think of splurge items, and it's very rare. I did buy a really good keyboard. Yep. My keyboard cost me about 7K. Yeah, that's... And I've spent hours and hours and hours yeah. of my life on that, so that was a good thing. No, I've uh, never done anything silly. No, neither. But you and I are the biggest tight asses in the world. I bought something yesterday for, <laughs> Here we go. as a, a present for someone, not you. <laughs> oh. And it was from a shop where I'm getting it. I'm going, this is going to be a good present. I could go somewhere else and pay about a third of the money that doesn't have the little sticker on the corner. You need that sticker, but don't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, John and I aren't getting any watches anytime soon. Anyway. Uh, that was the other thing. Who even wears a watch these days? Well, the, the Apple Watch has changed the game. Yeah. People love the Apple Watch. Yeah. You know? Do you wear your, do you wear your I don't, no, training I watch. watch? No, no, I'm not a watch wearer. No. No. No, but Joe loves the Apple Watch. People, mm. people get the Apple Watch seem to love the Apple Watch. Mm. Um, John, what would you be your $200 items? I had just a couple of things down here, and these are really quite cheap, more stocking filler type things. Really good run belt, you know, so we these days a lot of people want to run with their phones or carry a few gels. Yeah. You can get really shitty ones, but getting a really good one uh, is worth its not weight in gold, but uh, well worth it. I always think a massage voucher is always really good. Just a, you know, a lot of people get a massage just as a bit of a treat from time to time rather than a regular one. Yep. So I think that'd be good. And then that sometimes those massage products, so you mentioned that gun thing, yeah. jiggy, um, rolling products, things like that, I think are nice. The massage gun's really good. Mm. Yeah, we got one. We got one of the cheaper ones, but it does a really good job. Right. Um, so that's, that's a good option. Um, just some good, like a good training jacket. Mm -hmm. for the bike because often you stint on your jackets but in winter if you buy like when I that was one of the best things I did when I did Ironman I went to Scotty Brown's and I paid way too much for a jacket um, but I used it a lot and it was a good cycling winter jacket mm -hmm. instead of just putting lots of layers on which makes a big difference um, something cool you know something cool like for your bike mm -hmm. you know it's a cool accessory good set of lights good set of lights practical stuff or an I am talk bike jersey back it up. there you go <laughs> There you go. Uh, Terry's got it right. Yeah. Patronage. Uh, we're not going to do a discussion because we're kind of away for the next few weeks. So let's just get into our interview, John. Who have we got on? We have got Matt Hansen, the second place getter from the Challenge Championship in Daytona. Here we go. Cool. Okay, team. Um, on today's show, we've got Matt Hansen, uh, who was second place at the recent uh, Challenge Daytona race with... One of the most impressive run splits I think I've ever seen. Uh, he also moves into my, a couple of weeks ago, my top five, I think, of all time of people I enjoy watching running because I haven't seen Matt run too much before in races. He often... So You're comes, a beauty to watch, come, mate. ...comes from behind and just uh, absolutely smokes it on the run. For your interest, he ran a 57.21 for 18Ks, which works out at 3 minutes 11 Minutes per K or a 5.05 per mile average pace. So, Matt, welcome along to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. We'll go into Daytona in a moment, but um, I asked um, Tim O'Donnell the same questions last week. You know, for you during um, sort of the lockdown and all the uncertainty of this year, how have you sort of managed to, to stay motivated and, and what sort of your training looked like over, you know, the bulk of this year? Yeah, so, I mean, the the best thing that I was able to do is just stay focused on the process and, and, you know, every, we, we all love results, but I, I really learned to embrace the process and embrace the grind. And when I'm focused on that, that's usually when uh, the, the results that I want 
tend to show up. And when I'm focused more on the results, then uh, I, I tend to struggle a bit more. And so, um, you know, when some of these races that I was keying off of early in the season were, uh, you know, I was planning on going to Ironman Australia, um, for example, that was kind of the big race that I was building up for in May. And when that was canceled, it was, you know, obviously a big blow, but it was, you know, just a, a reminder of, um, you know, just stick to the process and use, try to make this an opportunity to, um, you know, focus on some weaknesses and get stronger. And, and so that's really where my head was at for the bulk of the training. Um, I think I did a fairly good job for the most part. Uh, we had to take a few breaks um, that were not necessarily planned um, just because so, so weird as an athlete going into a break when you don't get the, the race, you know, it's almost always you have a race and then you go into a break and, and mm. to, uh, you know, go into a, a break without that race was, was kind of a, a hard thing to do. Um, you wanted to um, keep working hard and, and keep trying to build fitness. But I also knew that, um, you know, it became pretty evident that, uh, you know, even before Kona canceled, when it was planning to be in February, it was possible that we could re be racing from September all the way through February straight through. And so, if you, if I went to taking a break in you know the end of May, beginning of June, that would have been a really difficult thing to do. So, so what were some of the weaknesses you tried to work on? I mean, I've constantly been working on, on my swim and um, you know, that's obviously I came out of the water 37th in Daytona. So that continues to be with the low hanging fruit um, and still where I need to um, keep developing. But um the, you know, I was also able to use kind of some of the downtime to keep on working on some uh, aerodynamics and, and uh, things on the bike where uh, it uh, wasn't much physical stress, but it was, you know, still able to feel like I was making progress. With someone like yourself, who this one is the, the big work on, what's actually your approach? You know, you're, you're a pro athlete, you're, you know, you're, you know, you've kind of sports science and stuff like that. Is it just the day in, day out or how you actually, what's your approach to improve your swimming? Yeah, obviously um, you've got to put in the yards and, and I, I did quite a few longer swim sessions. Um, as soon as I could get back in the pool, uh, I did more open water swimming than I ever had before this year, just because the pools were closed and I had access to the lake. Um, but you know, now I think I'm in a, in a little bit better situation now that I've just moved out to, Colorado I'm I'm just less than an hour away from coach Julie and and her crew so I can get up twice a week to swim with like uh, T.O. who you just had on um, and uh, you know he's a fantastic swimmer and and uh, you've got to surround yourself with uh, the people who you want to be swimming with if you want to you know be able to improve and so you know Julie's got a great eye um, and, and helping me with things on with form and and also a great crew that I can swim with and just have access to people to train with now as you know, before I was doing everything pretty much hundred percent on my own. So uh, this move is going to make that a, a good opportunity. Um, so at, at least for next year, I won't have any excuses anymore before I've always been able to fall on the fact that I'm doing it alone, but uh, that's not the case anymore. And so how did you go about preparing specifically for Daytona? You know, um, again, similar question I asked to Tim O'Donnell last week, you know, contrast it maybe to, to Ironman prep and, and how you got yourself so ready to go so fast on race day. 
Yeah, Tim and I were in a very different, uh, very, very different place where um, when it comes to uh, our approach for this race, I, uh, I'd raced a number of times at some like pop up PTO races and uh, was able to uh, get uh, Ironman 70.3 Cozumel in and then also did Ironman Daytona as well. Um, or sorry, Ironman Florida, uh, f- what, four weeks before Daytona as well. And so, um, uh, it, I, I was kind of king off of that Ironman race first and then, um, yeah, I had to turn it around really quickly and, and do a lot of speed work afterwards. Uh, but you know, in that four weeks between, uh, between Daytona and Ironman Florida. So I mean, when you say speed work, you know, what, what does that look like for you? You know, some people think speed work, they're going to the track and they're maybe doing quarter miles or 400 meter repeats. What, what does sort of speed work mean for you? Maybe in, whether it's on the bike or the run. Yeah. So on the, on the run, I, I did the uh, Zwift Pro Tri, or sorry, on the bike, I did the Zwift Pro Tri series. Uh, so that was, you, I don't know if you followed that at yeah, all, yeah, but, but uh, yeah. That that was kind of how I got my uh, top end work in. Uh, I've never seen my heart rates that high on the bike, so <laughs> that it was good fun. Um, and then on the run, um, I I did a lot of my speed work on the treadmill. Um, I didn't really have access to a track here, and we were starting to get snow and stuff like that. Um, so I would still go outside for for most of my training, but at least twice a week I was in on the on the treadmill and and doing a lot of a lot of pace work at, you know, uh, at uh, a little bit slower or yeah, a little bit slower than I ended up running um, on the race day. But obviously we're at uh, 6,200 feet here mm. of elevation. So that that's going to slow the top end down a little bit, especially. Mm. So what, what were your expectations and goals going into the race, knowing the, the field that was there? Um, you know, what was your, your hopes for race day? Yeah, it was really hard to to know um, what what how the race was going to shake out. Just because you knew the ITU guys were were going to take the swim out hard, um, but there's also a big group of people, so a lot of gap fillers on the swim. So we didn't know how a bunch of was going to break up, and then we didn't know uh, how the twenty meter draft rule was going to really affect things. And and um, you know, you knew people would be over biking, but you know, we just didn't there's just so many unknowns. So it was hard to go in with like, uh, you know, clear, like, this is what I expect. Um, you know, I, I figured on a really good day, I could run into the top 10 and, um, you know, that, that was kind of how I was, you know, setting my, myself up, uh, on the bike. I, I had to make a decision to let uh, Lionel and Sam Long, uh, go because, um, you know, sitting behind him at, uh, you know, at 20 meters behind, uh, I was, I was, working too hard and I, I sat with him for, for two laps and, and, uh, was just working harder than, than, uh, I thought I would be able to run well. And so I had to, you know, make that tough decision to let him go and uh, to try to make sure that I could have a good run. How was it to make that decision? Cause, cause you're thinking Lionel was a pretty good runner, you know, like, was it, were you, where was the mind at with that? Yeah, it, it, it was, um, I, I was, you know, it, it was a hard decision, but an easy one. Like it's always, it's hard to like see them go off, but like, I was really working um, hard to stay with them and, and it just, it wouldn't have ended well for me. And, you know, I've, I've made that mistake in the past. And so it was, you know, sometimes you just have to, to check the ego and, and make the, 
make the smart decision on the day. And, you know, I, I didn't know uh, if that meant that, you know, I would ever be able to catch them again or not. But I knew that if I didn't, I, I had zero chance of catching them. And, and at this stage, you would have been happy with what place in the race? Uh, yeah, at, at, during when I let them go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that uh, if I would have executed a great race um, or felt like I executed a great race, I wasn't really too focused on place. Um, you know, I think you know, 14th was, was 10 grand and, you know, that's a great payday to end the season. And, and so, you know, anything there or above would have been a, a kind of, I guess, acceptable for me. And, but I, I, you know, if I would have been worse than that, I don't know that I would have been terribly upset as long as I felt good about the decisions that I made on race day. Okay. Um, and just in terms of your pacing on the bike, so, you know, you go, this is too hard for me. Is that, um, perceived effort or are you riding to power or heart rate or, or a combination of the three? Uh, well, my heart rate uh, monitor decided to take the day off and stayed in the hotel. Um, <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I averaged 0.95 uh, intensity factor on the bike for the entire ride. And, and for those two laps that, that I was um, trying to, to keep Lionel and Sam in, in sight, I was, uh, you know, at 1.0 or above. And so mm. it, it was... You, know, you can't <laughs> yeah you can't you can't i can't hold that for 90 minutes so you know it, that's again why it was you know uh, easy easy but hard to make that decision yeah just with regards to the swim i know we're sort of backtracking we've been talking about the yep. bike you you know a lot of the races you do either ironmans or half ironmans you know outside of kona the fields are generally going to be quite small. Um, so yep. how did the swim contrast for you, given there were some really good swimmers and I know the field was only sort of maybe about 50, but how did it contrast to, you know, a lot of the other races you did? Yeah, very, very different swim start. Uh, you got the, the, the crap kicked out of you right away. Um, you know, we're standing in, you know, maybe uh, just above waist deep of water. And so we thought that, I guess I made the mistake of thinking that it would be kind of a, a start where no one was creeping forward and, and that just didn't happen. And unfortunately uh, the, the guilt side of me got too much. And so I, I, I stayed on the line with about 10 or 15 other guys and, you know, both sides around us were creeping forward big time. And so the, the, the start was pretty rough. Uh, got, you know, you got beat up pretty good. And, you know, a lot of the other, uh, races with smaller fields. If, if you uh, get out to a decent start, you uh, find some clean water pretty fast. I don't think I found clean water until the, after the second turn. Right. Wow. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so the fast forward, you've done the bike. You've, you sounds like you've executed pretty well. And from a pacing perspective coming off the bike, you know, where's your mind at and, uh, and what do you think is going to be realistic for the run? Yeah, coming off the bike, um, I had no idea, no idea where I was place-wise. Um, I didn't find that out until um, the second, the start of the second lap. Um, but um, the as I was as I was leaving, uh, Louis was uh, leaving the penalty tent. He was about twenty seconds in front of me, and obviously, I knew he's quite a good runner, and so. I was just focusing on, on keying off of him and, and just trying to cut into uh, that, you know, whatever 20 seconds or so that he had on me as he was leaving the penalty tent um, and I was leaving T2. So uh, it was, 
that actually helped me quite a bit because the uh, second mile, I was just struggling a little bit with, um, you know, just the effects of the bike and, and uh, trying to fight off a cramp or two on uh, just being in that, you know, arrow position for the, for so long uh, without really a break. So um, I, I was trying to get on top of nutrition and just keep, keep closing that gap. And, and I ended up closing it right at the end of the second mile. And, and then he latched on in my shadow, uh, which again was helpful because it just pushes, pushes you a bit. And um, we leapfrogged a couple of times. Uh, and then I finally figured out that I was, I think it was in 18th place at the start of the second lap. So we didn't make much uh, time, but um, you know, I got a uh, update there that I think I was 90 seconds from 14th, which was kind of where I was, uh, you know, the, going in that was like that's kind of the minimum so it was worry about that first and then try to move up from there you say you're quite a process driven athlete what's the process of your thinking in the early stage of the run uh the process is um find my stride um i've got a couple cues that i use to help me do that and then stay on top of nutrition uh i've had a lot of runs where um you know you start cramping up and, and you just have a bad day because you made some mistakes nutrition wise, um, on the run, or you try to go too fast through an aid station and, and don't get everything that you need. And, um, you know, that, that definitely helped me a little bit. Uh, I think on, on race day, I, I actually grabbed, um, a water bottle a couple times and ran with it, uh, in my kit and, and, um, just had that there to, make sure I was constantly getting, you know, uh, at least fluid in. And then I had um, some gels with me as well. So uh, that, that definitely was the focus early on. And it was, you know, all about setting up the last, the last uh, 5k. Did you think much about, you know, I don't know how long you ran with Vincent Louis. We didn't have the cameras on you for much. I saw it um, once or twice, but were you thinking, cool, I'm running with the guy who's pretty much the fastest ITU athlete in the world for the last um, sort of 15 months to two years. Uh, you're thinking, especially when you started to drop him, are you going, sweet, us, uh, us long course boys are showing the, the short course guys how it's done? I don't, I definitely don't think I would go that far. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, In I your was, face, uh, Louis. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I knew I was running well when that happened. Um, you know, he's, he's a fantastic athlete and has proven himself time and time again, especially on the run. And uh, so, you know, to, to have that happen, I, I knew that um, things were going well for me. I, you know, I think we ran together for, about uh, 4k or so um so and then um i could hear he was breathing harder and harder and then i just couldn't hear him anymore um so again it was just you know the the great thing about this course is is you could figure out who was in front of you really quickly you could see that next person and so you know, that's where my focus more was on was just trying to to close the gap to the next person and and not focus on what was going on behind me. It's a little bit of a, uh, I, yeah, I guess I try to keep the what's in front, not what's behind mindset, because if you're worrying about what's behind, that means you're worried about slowing down. 
Um, I've just got one question about sort of running technique because, as I said, I, you know, watching you run, you just looked so fast. You know, your heel kick, uh, your, your heel was going right up towards your butt every time. Really fantastic knee drive, etc. When I look through the top five men, um, Gustav Eden, you know, he's obviously a sensational athlete, brilliant runner, but, you know, technically really sort of quite a strong forward lean. There's yourself, you know, your upper body was sort of rocking and rolling a little bit. George Goodwin, mm. he had fairly classic technique. Lionel Sanders' technique's fairly um, unorthodox. And Rudy Von Berg, was, um, he's got a little bit of an interesting technique as well. I mean, um, do you spend much time on your run technique and analysing it and, and doing anything about sort of your upper body sort of rolling around a bit? I, I don't. Um, not much at all. And, and you know, a lot of it is just trying to not get in the way or, or overanalyze things that are working. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of good, uh, people, uh, help me out in the past and, uh, you know, my, my upper body, um, you know, definitely moves side to side, uh, quite a bit more than most people, but I also have a lot more, uh, hip extension and, and that rotation. Um, if you understand how like the fascia system within the body works, when you get that rotation, that basically creates tension, uh, and, and so the more that that hip goes back, the more the upper body is going uh, is going to rotate a bit to create that tension to basically make for an effortless recovery. And that's what drives my heel up to my butt, um, and allows, you know, it, it it's so much more efficient, um, than if I were to, if I'm like my body type were to try to run like uh, George who, you know, looks textbook. Right. And, you know, I've definitely gotten a lot of comments about that since, uh, since race day, you know, uh, you know, how awful I looked and on the run, but it just worked, you know, and it's like, Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe we need to, to change the construct of, of, uh, what, uh, what looks great and what doesn't, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I I thought it looked awesome. (laughs) So, so you go and you, you kind of, kind of getting to the halfway point of the run, you're, you're starting to catch people down. You're obviously feeling pretty great. What's going through your head is you kind of, you're obviously emotionally you're feeling cool because it's nice to pass people. Yep. Did, did you kind of know you were going to have the performance you were having? Like did you, as you're in it? You know, when I was, when I was sitting there, um, there, there was only one little moment where that, like that doubt or that fear crept in. And, um, and that was on the back stretch of the, of the last lap. And, but before that, it was, you know, the, there was people just strung out, like evenly spaced in front of me. And so it was so easy to just focus on one at a time, one at a time. And I was constantly, you know, picking people off, you know, just, or, or closing the gap. So there wasn't really any time where I was like getting time, you know, I was able to like think about, oh, I'm not making any progress. I'll just be conservative. It was always, I can go after the next one. And, and that's really where the focus was at. And on the back stretch, um, I had just moved into third and, and George was a bit in front and it, it took a big effort to, to just close the gap, uh, in the last, I guess, K and a half or so. Um, but you know, from the two K to the K and a half to go, I wasn't really making any progress or didn't look like I was making any progress. Um, and, uh, so it was, that was the moment where I had to kind of win the mental battle a little bit and um, got to the last aid station and I had a water bottle in my kit and he didn't. So I, I kind of said, if he, if he makes a step towards that aid station, I go. 
and uh, it's now or never. And, and that's what I did and was able to start closing really fast um, at that point. Um, so obviously it was fantastic payday for you, you know, 70,000 bucks, uh, is, you know, for, in the world of triathlon, that's pretty good money. Where, where does it sort of sit for you in terms of you know, execution and performance, um, relative to the rest of your, you know, fantastic races? I mean, that it's definitely, uh, up there at the top. Um, you know, I put this right in line, uh, with, uh, Ironman Texas, performance where I ran the 234, um, you know, obviously totally different, uh, much bigger payday and, uh, um, and much shorter of a race and, you know, much more talented field. Uh, but obviously I won, uh, the, the Texas race. So, so that, that helps a little bit in the comparison as well. So I kind of put those as, uh, very similar, um, you know, without getting, too far into it, I guess the, the biggest difference was the world got to see this one and, and really no one saw the one in, uh, in Texas and unless you were there. So, um, you know, the, this one was a little bit more fun in the aftermath, uh, just because a lot of people got to see it and, and it made a little bit of buzz, um, uh, in, in, I guess in my corner. Um, you know, you've had a really good career up to this point, but this race is kind of that next level performance or next level result at least, isn't it? You know, when you look at the field yeah. you're racing against. Sure. Does that give you a high level of confidence moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely struggled uh, in some of the big races before. I haven't had a good day in Kona. I think I'm 0 for 4 there as a pro. And, and um, you know, I've, I've done 70.3 Worlds uh, once and, you know, finished, you know, 15th or 16th or something like that. Um, you know, so this was, you know, good validation that, um, if I execute well, uh, that what I think is possible is possible. Um, mm. so hopefully, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully I can use that, uh, moving forward. I mean, the biggest difference to me, um, that I, I need to take away from this was, was learning how to get into those other races like Kona, uh, feeling as calm and relaxed as I did, you know, the entire race week for Daytona. You know, we had a lot of media stuff and everything, but like I, I was just very uh, surprisingly chill, uh, surprisingly relaxed. And, and um, yeah, I, I haven't been that way in Kona. And, and that's definitely uh, not, you know, having a, a week's worth of nervous energy, it, you know, definitely isn't going to help you race well on, on race day. So, you know, assuming we've got a, a you know, normal race season next year, um, what's sort of on your radar or your provisional radar? Yeah, a lot of it's uh, already decided for me. I, I assume that I'll, I'll get a, a nod for the Collins Cup uh, in May. So that would be uh, a definite go if, if I'm able. And uh, I've got 70.3 Worlds and Kona on the, on the radar already, both both of them have already been qualified for. And then I've got uh, Daytona. It would be foolish not for me not to show up to that again. So, you know, I've got four big races already on, on the schedule. I'm considering challenge rope uh, as well. Uh, I've always wanted to do that. And so this could be a good year for that. And, you know, I'll add a few 70.3s in around that to just fill out the schedule. But uh, yeah, I think that looks like a, a fun, fun year for me. So Fingers crossed that uh, we're able to have a normal season. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and if people want to follow you, what's the best way for people to follow your progress? Yeah, I try to keep it easy. And uh, everything is Matt Hansen Try on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and 
Facebook and my website. So all the same there. Brilliant. I oh, know it was sensational to yeah, watch uh, the, the, just the overall running race uh, at Daytona with all the, the changes late in the race made it a fantastic spectacle. So well done in your race and we look forward Thank to you, 2021. Yeah, game on. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Okay, Jumbo, your thoughts? Bloody impressive running that was. Very impressive. I know some people give him a bit of grief about his technique, but I think he I don't know, justified or explained it quite well um, where he's at. And yeah, just thoroughly impressed. Do you think this is a, you know, we, before, early on in the show, I talked about how um, he's had some great races. He's won lots of races in his time, but this is that kind of first first tier, everyone's at the game kind of race he's won, or at least got a podium in. Um, do you think he'll be one of these guys who that's a one-off or we'll see more of this type of performance? Well, I think we've, he's due a performance in Kona because he's shown he can race well in the heat yep. uh, in Texas and places like that, but he's yet to do it in Kona. So I definitely think he's a kind of guy who could potentially run himself onto the podium in Kona, a bit like Patrick Langer did that year where he yep. came from miles, miles back and ran himself onto the podium. So... Um, I don't know. Maybe he'll become a world beater, but I think uh, he's he's always somebody that's not going to be in the footage like he was in this race. Yeah. And then just comes through and you go, holy shit. He was like, he wasn't even on the leaderboard in the top 20 and he ran himself up into into um, second place. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if he did something similar in Kona and he's one of those guys that is not, never going to be in the game and, but then all of a sudden he is in the game. He's going out in the Queen K with 10K to go and he goes from 10th place to third or something like that. Mm. So I yeah. hope so. It's always I love seeing guys running like that, and uh, I know some people are saying his technique's not beautiful, but I just thought he looked just so awesome when he was running. John, we're going to do an interview in about ten minutes, but let's do that. We've got enough time to do winger of the week, so let's do winger of the week. Now, you guys probably know this that we do things on the fly a little bit on the show, don't always no. do our, our piece. And so I'm going to give this guy a bit of love, uh, and I think this must be a typo uh, or an error because Dave Fish. A, he's listed twice, taking out the first and second position. So he's That's got a good two, effort. He's got two yep. Strava accounts, but he's got in there that he's done 41 hours and three minutes of swimming, which I know, Dave. Back it up. I think that's probably a type, an error, but he is a very good swimmer. He was one, I think he was the inaugural winner of our- Yeah, he was. I'm talking Aquathon. Aquathon, a wetsuit Aquathon in Kona, and he is a good swimmer, um, but 41 hours, if that's correct- is noteworthy. He even took out Sonia Pippen, who's our regular winner of the... Well, of the it is saying, on a Strava, if you do a side-by-side comparison, if you look at swimming, in the last four weeks, he's when... Oh, he's only at 26K, 26K? Mm. 41 hours of swimming is a long time. So... It's averaged 17 hours a week for the last four weeks. Yeah. So maybe it was. Maybe it was he did some epic thing. I can't click on his profile to, to figure out. So, Dave, if you're still listening... Uh, let us know if you did do. 41. So, do you, do you want me to give you a number? Yeah, give us a number. I'm going to say 73. 73. 73. Here we go. Yes, later. I've got Jared. Have you gone last week or this week? Oh, yeah. I'll go for 73 from so far this week. Uh, Jared Picun is on one hour and 40 minutes training. He's gone for a one hour, six bike ride, and a 34 minute run. Okay, but I'm taking Good it back work. to Kiss later because that's yep. the real winner. She's from Perth. In Western Australia, uh, she's got lots of little cool photos up there. She's obviously got some pretty cool terrain. Terrain. Uh, she's got a little unicorn in her photo. That's very she, nice. She did twelve hours, fifty-three minutes of training, four hours and three minutes of swimming, five hours thirty-one on the bike, and three hours and eighteen minutes of running for twelve hours fifty-three off eleven activities. Yep, she has been doing some yards, man. Like look in the middle of the year, she was doing big blocks through through, through July. Um, pretty consistent trainer. Nice work. Yep, monthly. 
Yep. So there you go, Chris Leto. Chris Leto, you are our waiver of the week. Do you want to, okay, I think we've enough time to do this. Let's do this and then we'll pause. So let's talk about patrons. John, let's do name the two that you've already put down first. We've got Guy around the world, Whitby. We've got Paddy, the soul destroyer, Crib. And then we've got a couple of new ones, John. We have. Paddy was actually up here doing the Oxman uh, the weekend before last. Paddy Crib, that's it's a great not, name. He, he was the guy that you were dueling with on our oh, I yeah, yeah, Talk yeah, I uh, weekend. And then did my back end? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Paddy. Yeah, Paddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was hardly dueling. I saw him off in the distance. And then I thought, oh, if I feel good in a second, I'll see if I can get him. Because I was being pretty conservative. Then the calf went. And then yeah. I've been injured for the last six, eight Paddy's, weeks. Paddy, you've destroyed his soul, but you've destroyed his body as well. Yeah, you, you destroyed me. Okay, the first one here is, I'll, I'll do Megan, we'll talk Megan Johnson first. So Megan Johnson here, I am a 24-year-old female from the West Coast, Greymouth, and have been getting into our triathlons for the past year. I did my first half Ironman on the weekend. Your race, the Oxman, not my race. Nice race. work, Paddy. Megan. And did six hours Flat on the dot, I've just completed my degree in sports and exercise nutrition at Otago and I'm starting my master's in advanced nutrition practice next year. Tony Rod coaches me along with lots of other athletes down in Dunedin. We have a cool weed squad down here. I'm currently home for summer and love being back on the West Coast. Believe it's the most beautiful place in the world on a fine day. Problem is, they don't have many fine days. I'm not coming your way on <laughs> Boxing Day and when it is nice on the West Coast, it's amazing. Oh, the coast is stunning. Uh, really enjoyed the Oxman on the weekend. You run a great event. Thank you. Oh, I went really hard at it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing Challenge Wanaka in February now. I began listening to this podcast maybe two years ago now, and after discovering it through Bevan's podcast and meeting him through Les Mills, I was an RPM instructor. Love the show. Also, my website is... Web- websites, we won't give the website plug because it's, 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 it's under an, an construction. Oh, okay. Keep, keep a look out for Maggie's name because she's a nutritionist well, involved in the sport. Maggie Johnson Sports Nutrition on Insta. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, John, have you thought of a nickname? Well, so Maggie spells her... Oh, I know Maggie. Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, have you got any ideas? Maggie Johnson. I'm thinking Maggie is a bit like Maggie, like a, a you know, we've got... Rockin', the- rockin' Maggie? The reason I'm thinking, oh, it's not... Is it Maggie, Rod, Rod Stewart saying Maggie? Maggie, I Maggie couldn't May. have tried anymore. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. So Rock and Rod. So then I'll go Rock and Maddie, Maggie? Rock and Maddie, Rock and. Is it Maddie or Maggie? Maggie. Yeah. Maggie Rock and Johnson. Yeah, well, what do you reckon? Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to think of a West Coast theme there. Oh, West Coast theme. A coaster. Yeah. Type yeah. smoker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the no, coast is renowned for we'll being. Go, we'll the, go rocking. The wacky rockin'. weed, the wacky. Um, the rocks. Ro- rocking the weed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because you've got the p- Punakaki rocks. Yeah. The pancake rocks. Yeah. The pancake flyer. The pancake express. Okay, there we go. Pancake, pancake express. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But. No, but you see how we've got there, Maggie. Love you. Pancake express. Yeah, because she'll fly past the pancake rocks. Nice. Yeah. If you haven't now if you ever go to the West Coast, you've got to go there. I'm actually going there on boxing. This is where our, our bike ride finishes. Oh with Tommy. That's you're yeah. doing your Yeah. We'll what what are you doing? What's what's the It's called the Pepperar. Yep. Awesome. Thank you very much for your support, Maggie. Appreciate it. And then we've got Patrick Walkington from Manchester. Mm. The divided one. The divided one. Okay. <laughs> because do you go for your city or united? I don't really know much about Manchester, but do you reckon that works? It's fine. The divided one. Yeah. Who do you support? City or United? Um, if it was those two going against each other, probably Man United, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would too. It's man shitty. Tom West is man shitty, but he doesn't like Man United either anymore. So. Who, who's your team? Uh, I don't really have a team as such, but probably Everton if I was going to have anything. That's what about Tommy? Is Tommy into it? Uh, he's got Bristol. No, not Bristol. That would be the other team, but they're not in the Prem anymore, Bristol. Uh, he was also Bournemouth. I like Liverpool. Liverpool. Right. Admittedly, they're the winning team right now, but it's just because when I was younger, they were a winning mm. team. Mm. And then they've come back. So anyway, but not that I, I really don't care about that sport at all. Should we come back and wrap this up? And, yeah, we need to because yeah. we need, we're going to we're going to interview coming up. Yeah. So we're back in two seconds, and we are back, and we've just actually had a really cool interview. That was two seconds. We're away. We're back though, uh, guys. Next week's show, you're going to hear uh, a Legends interview. So we've got Legends of Triathlon back on, up and running, which is a bit ad hoc these days. But we're talking with Emma Carney, and it is an absolute gold interview absolutely gosh. she's such a good interview isn't she yeah. yeah so she's got a book out called Hardwired Life, Death and Triathlon uh, you can get it on Amazon so uh, and also at Ryan Publishing um, worldwide you can get it there but for a lot of you guys Amazon might be the easiest if you want to get it to you sounds like it's going to be an amazing read yeah well just listen to the interview God and, and you want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it and it's one of those ones where I, I haven't read it yet obviously but um you know, it's like an Agassiz book. You know, it doesn't matter if you don't really like tennis. It's a great book. Mm. You know what I mean? I get the feeling this book's going to be one of those ones where you just, anyone who doesn't even know triathlon will pick up this book and be fascinated. That's the thing. My, my father-in-law is a sports nutter. Yep. And he will he'll be the kind of guy who'd love this book. Yeah. Love a good sports book. Love a good sports book. Okay, so let's just quickly wrap it up. Um, it's the 22nd today. Three days till Christmas. I've got to do the wrap up. Okay, sorry. Sponsors? Sorry. Oh, patrons. We've done the patrons. So if you want to become a patron, go to www.imtalk.me, uh, Christmas present for the boys. Yep, <laughs> you know nice that? Um, also, coaching Coach John Newsom, uh, my podcast, bevanjamesolshow.com, um, or oh, sorry, bevanjamesolshow.com, age group of the week, call website, other feedback. You can email us at imtalkpodcast or go to the website. You can email us from there. John, you goss. Okay, so yeah, as I say, it's 23rd today, three days till Christmas. I'd say pretty flash socks. Pretty flash socks. Little tartan socks, yeah, isn't it? Well, it was, it was pissing with rain. I didn't want to bring my wet, wet shoes inside. Uh-huh. Uh, three days till Christmas. I've been, I feel bad that yeah, we've yeah. got it so good down here so and good. the rest of the world hasn't. So if we've been gloating at all, I'm not gloating, but I think we've been quite positive and things are good down it's, here. It's We're really feeling, hard feeling for, it, for you guys. It, it's really bizarre because you do feel a little bit of guilt. Mm. Uh, because we have got it really good, which is really nice. But then you hear about the UK, they're going, but they're locked yeah. in. Like, just so I just know that we are thinking down here of you oh, guys you, down you, here. You, 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 you think of it all the time, don't you? Mm. you all the time you just think, geez, Very, poor, poor very grateful that we can train, we can organise events, we can go and do stuff. So thinking of you guys at Christmas. We can time. spend time with our family at Christmas. Mm. Oh, that must be tough. So Bevan, um, I'll tell you one thing that I did yesterday here we go. that I thought was... Pretty entertaining and pretty much not like me. We've got the calendar. Each year we get a printed calendar. The kids draw a picture and it gets laminated at school and then they roger the hell out of you and charge you like 50 bucks oh, for yep, the calendar. Yep, nice. But it's a nice printed calendar. It's in the kitchen. You're doing it for the community, John. And it's in the kitchen and I've got to make sure that I put shit up on that calendar. Otherwise, it's not on the calendar. We, well, we didn't know about this. Oh, okay. So it's the family planning central place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get so it. we're going through and I said, right, I'll just get my flights out that I've got next year and when we're going away and we go, right, first up, we're going to do this in February where we get to March. Tom and I are going to New Plymouth um, for it's a New Zealand Championships and it used to be a World Cup race, was supposed to be a World Cup race this year. So, yep, right, we're flying on the whatever it was, the 26th, <laughs> you get the date 9 wrong. o'clock. Hang on a minute. <laughs> we're not going to Palmerston North, we're going to New Plymouth. 
Oh no! Let's go to the wrong place. So I was like, "Thank God I found out about that now, rather than uh, rather than turning well, up the airport, which, I, which is what I would have done. Yeah. I wouldn't have checked that again. Would have turned up the airport. <laughs> Almost probably would have got on the plane because yeah, because just go through it, the motions. It's like quite a similar part of New Zealand. Yeah, about two hundred kilometres apart. So that was quite a relief that I found that out. What's the, what's the what's the costing you for your mistake? Mm, a couple of hundred. Oh, that, wow! That's yeah, so it's not price you pay. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty funny yesterday. I'm um, just looking forward to Christmas. You're here for Christmas Day. We are in Christchurch for Christmas Day. What's your best part of Christmas Day? Because uh, your kids are you your kids are getting to that point where it's not as exciting. Yeah, young kids. I oh, just I love food. <laughs> Same job. <Just, laughs> got the croissants already in the freezer, ready to go. Oh. It's gonna be croissants and probably a bit of bacon and stuff for breakfast. Oh, you can go and have a big, uh, big sort of early afternoon lunch with the fan hour. Christmas Day is my one day OTT. Yeah, like I'm yeah. a good eater. I don't know if eat. I'm good, but Christmas Day, it's all coming oh, out. Oh, John, every meal, mm. not just one meal, every meal OTT. Yeah. So looking forward to that. And then on Boxing Day, Tom and I are going mountain biking on the west coast for two and a half days. That's so going to be a cool experience here for your son. Sorry, it's a cool experience here for your son. I have a big day on the first day. I've got to drive the car up to a point, and then I've got to bike uh, about sixty. 60Ks, 70Ks On a mountain bike? Start. So, yeah, so that's actually the start of the, where, where they're starting from So I'm still starting negative 60 behind them Why? Because it's a point-to-point ride Oh, so, so you've got to drop the bike drop and drive back Drop the car at the end Then bike back and try to catch them up I won't catch them But it's going to be a good, good, good long day uh, So that Bevan went for a mountain bike at the weekend I saw that, I saw on Instagram You're right on Instagram nowadays, aren't you? Yeah, yeah and The uh, gram? I'm pretty shit on the mountain bike Compared to good riders Oh, yeah But looking forward to my little race that's coming up as well Ben, what's happening for you? Well, I am getting an operation. You are? How yep. is the back? Uh, not good. <laughs> I'm getting an operation. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you I was getting an operation? No, no you were going to the uh, back guy yep. this time um, last week on Roland, Tuesday. Rowan, I'm going to say Shouten. Very nice guy. Um, really great surgeon. Well, I hope so. No. But, but, no, but, no, but just caring, understanding, good explanations. Put me to the front of the list. Nice. Oh, I was loving that. Yeah. He goes, look, mate, I'll get you in the first week back in January. Nice. Yeah, because that could take months, can't it? Oh, months and months and months. Yeah, so I'm actually less than a month from now going to op. Mm. And the good news is, is on the big scheme of back operations, pretty minor. Um, success rate's really high. Uh, so he did say people of our level can sometimes get a little bit of discomfort um, just because we push our bodies pretty hard. But overall, it's, it's probably pretty good. So pain in the bum. Pain in the back, even. Pain in the back. It was actually back and hamstring. Mm. Back, it's, it's actually, it's got to the point where there's real pain now, like mm. getting up and down. Ugh. But it is what it is, John. It is what it is. I'll get through Christmas. I'll get an operation. I'm on ACC. So, so, so. <laughs> All those years of paying your ACC. I've actually got lots of income insurance as well, so that doesn't kick in for three months. Yeah. But I'll probably get a little bit of that as well, so I'll, I'll, I'll be able to feed the family through this period. Great. Anyway, John, let's, guys, have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's, and we know it has been a tough year this year, and if you are still struggling through COVID, wherever you are, um, our thoughts are coming your way. Um, make sure you listen to next week. Often we find over the Christmas period people don't listen to the shows as much just because people are away. Make sure you go back and listen to this interview because it is absolutely gold. So the next week's interview is coming up, so check that out. But anyway, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.